Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you understand and navigate these hypersexualized times of ours so that you can make decisions based on your hopes and dreams and your ideals rather than the low standard that society conforms to. And in today's episode, Sammy and I do a little bit of a mental exercise. It's really cool. We're envisioning what would a world of high noon, a world of total sexual integrity look like? What would the politics look like? What would the art and media and culture look like? It's a really good exercise. And I just want to really make this clear that this is just Sammy and me envisioning, dreaming about the world that we want to help create. But we want you to do this exercise too, constantly as much as possible to dream about the world that you're helping to create when you build your own sexual integrity. And the more that you relate with it in your mind and in your heart, the more that it's going to be inevitable. The more of us that think and are working from that place, the more that we will make it happen. So please enjoy this episode and don't think of it as some quirky little thing that Sammy and I are doing, but please feel invited to do this yourself in your own time. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Love, Life, and Legacy podcast. It's, it's your hosts, your buddies, your boys, Mr. Samuel Yama, together with Andy, little Andy. <laughs> little That's my Andy. name when I, want, when I want sympathy, I'm little Andy. Hey guys, it's me, little Andy. So yeah, it's another great day. I don't know about over in Bali, it's getting really cold here. We're talking Celsius, minus 10 degrees. I bike to work every day, so I'm starting to feel it. It's it's getting to me. Got it. You know, in Canada, we use centigrade, Celsius, but uh, the older I get, the less I understand anything about temperature, and I forget what anything means. So it sounds cold. <laughs> Minus 10 sounds, mm-hmm. sounds cold, frigid. Mm-hmm. And are you, and like, is it like your snot freezes kind of cold? Oh, no, I don't know if it's quite that, that much yet. I tested, you don't, it's not at the point where your pee would freeze as you're peeing while you're outside. Okay. I don't okay. know, I don't know if that's a real thing at all, but uh, no, that's, that's from the movie Frozen, <laughs> I think. No, but there's, I mean, you know, definitely I'm from Canada. Anybody, any Canadian knows that, especially when you get like Toronto, people think is cold, nothing compared to Montreal. Or if you go to Alberta, like, oh my goodness, it's so cold in these places that mm-hmm. many days your nostril can can freeze to itself. Like the inside can just freeze mm-hmm. to the outside and it's a disaster. It's the worst feeling mm-hmm. ever. So you're not quite there yet. Yeah, we're still a little ways off from that. And I do also bundle up a lot because while you're riding on the bike, it, it gets this really cold with the, the, the wind blowing sure. against you. And yeah, it's, it's frigid. Sure. So here in Bali, there is no winter. Of course, it's tropical, but there's rainy season, which we're in the midst of, which means that you can be on your scooter having the time of your life. And then it's like God starts spitting in your eyes and it's, it's painful. I got an, I actually had a raindrop land in my eyeball yesterday and it was excruciatingly painful. It felt like I got mm-hmm. s- stabbed 
stabbed with a knife gun, like a bayonet. So yeah, that's we're in that we're in that season. And it's exciting because there's a lot of you know, after a rain, it's always a good smell. So we're feeling good, but that's not why we're here, folks. Well, I'm glad we're getting visual though, because that is a big a part of what we're talking about. We wanted to paint a picture. We wanted to do a mental exercise of envisioning a future, the future that we're working towards. And this is extremely important in your life to not just have a generalized sense of a goal, but to have, start to materialize that that vision for your life, for your future in your mind. So it's so real. It's, it's just as real as anything else. And so we wanted to do that on a global level, talking about what would the world be like if we got sex right? So mm-hmm. Sammy, what, what would, if you could close your eyes and envision a world that finally, since the beginning of time, we've been off. And what if we finally got it right? What would society look like? That is something to think about. It's If you look deeply enough, sex is connected to so much of the, the hardship, right? And the danger that exists in the world. I mean, so the one of the first words that comes to mind is safety. In a world yeah. that's actually safe, where hmm. you don't have to worry as much about, you know, your, who your children are playing with and whose friend's mm-hmm. house that they're over at. And then, you know, going to the park on their own or even, you know, the issue where, you know, there's, there's parts of the world where a woman can't walk alone at night, right? Like big cities, big cities where it's just expected that they'll get assaulted, raped. And, you know, these people roaming around looking to take advantage of people who are, you know, who they can take advantage of. A lot of the, you know, all all the pain that misusing sex can cause just the absence of that itself, how much of a better world that would be. I mean, just starting off, that's like the first thing that comes to mind. And then I, I also think it goes way bigger than that, right? When it's like sex is such a, it's not just meant to be hoping that it doesn't become a negative. It's meant to be a huge positive, hmm. right? And so thinking, start thinking about like, what what would the positive results being for people? And you know, when they have a fulfilling sexual life and that they're using their sexual energy, and in the proper way, I mean, how much more creative people will become, how much more productive mm. people will come will become. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. They'd be less prone to being corrupted. So politicians, like I'm infuriated by the state of our global politics because there's nobody's trustworthy because everybody's compromisable. And the one common denominator is that it's predominantly men who are who abuse their power and there's some sort of sexual scandal in there. Whether it's brought to the surface or not. It's just kind of like this given that that's a part of that echelon of society. So imagine leaders that you could really trust that are making sober decisions based on their ideals and based on they left the house kissing their wife and their hearts filled up with hope and confidence because their wife loves them. And conversely, that there'd be more female politicians that are empowered too. And even better, I had this vision once, what if we ceased completely cut off the single president model and we had couples. We were voting for couples as in any political leadership. And we obviously would have to give them a little bit more money, <laughs> right? But that that couple is, you don't look at what this person is saying. You look at how's their credibility as a couple? Can they build a healthy family? Can they, do they contribute to their community? Are they trustworthy as, as a couple? Because the decision that a couple makes will be so like otherworldly different than a bunch of men in suits in a room 
right? Imagine they all brought their wives to work. Imagine the UN, you know, as like couples and said, it's like totally different. And of course they'd be fighting, but if you had, a, a, you know, like a good Tony Robbins character in the room, you know, somebody to, to mm-hmm. navigate. David Young's really good at, at uh, helping people to navigate through conflicts, like, like a life coach on hand then you'd come up with the best ideas that are more comprehensive than what we have. Diversity isn't just like a slogan. It's needed because you don't have access to certain things. A man does not have access to certain thoughts that women do and vice versa. So to have them both creating ideas together creates a whole idea. We actually have been just creating the world based off of a bunch of half ideas or quarter ideas or less, right? They're not whole. It's not the complete picture. So I just see... First, in the realm of politics, that you have people who are fulfilled making decisions based off of being fulfilled rather than trying to take as much as they can because they're coming from a place of lack and need and greed, you know? And mm-hmm. that's completely mm-hmm. saturated the entire political landscape. Interesting, right? That we're just looking at one aspect of life, sex, and, and how much uh, ripple effect we can identify for it. Just yeah, a lot. Uh, how how much like trauma happens in families? You know, a lot of people their issues that they have in life. That's where it starts. And yeah, that you know, people actually growing up in healthy homes with you know parents who get along and really are in love with each other. Yeah, that's like a huge brushstroke, just erasing a bunch of potential problems. Absolutely, jails would get yeah. minimized, right? Just uh, a lot, a lot less crime. Man, what else? The uh, business. I don't know. What what effect would, would getting sex or having business? Yeah, well, look, I was having a great conversation with somebody about how the the measure of the health of a country is its GDP, which is is it's basically productivity with the economy. It's it's how much money it's it's worth. Mm-hmm. Not based on the happiness of the people, not based off of how well they're taking care of the environment for subsequent generations. There's no other factor other than how much money they presently have, which is the dumbest measurement ever. Because I can't say, Sammy, how, ha- how happy are you? Show me your bank account. That's not a measure mm-hmm. of your happiness whatsoever. So why is it a mm-hmm. measure of, the, of, of like the health of a country? So the measurement mm-hmm. would be fundamentally different if you had people who were, again, whole, who are coming from their starting point is being fulfilled then you just want more of that. When you're in a healthy state of mind, you just want other people to be healthy. When you are Mm -hmm. struggling, you don't care about other people. You're just trying to survive, right? So like sexual fulfillment is such a deep part of our overall fulfillment. And when you're not Mm -hmm. getting that from a sustainable source of love, like a couple, committed couple, then you're actually wreaking havoc on all that you do. So- yeah, I, I can't help but see that business, you know, would the measurement of like a healthy, say, corporation wouldn't be, the metric wouldn't be finances alone at all. It would be how much a, contribution, how much, yeah, what were you? They'd have the, the, you know, you know, you know what I'm going to say, right? They'd have the, the orgasm meter going on in the sure. company. That's a- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. After you've made, not had sex, after you've made love. And you've solidified and cemented in many ways your commitment to this, to loving this person. That's really what lovemaking is to me. Is like, um, it's the recommitment to the mind, body, spirit of another person. When you have a bunch of people constantly engaging at that level, they walk around lighter, for sure, with smiles mm-hmm. on their face. They're more generous because they're not stressed. They're not, they're not worried. They're not as insecure. They're coming from a place of, hey, I'm good. 
you good, you know? So yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. imagine a company where the boss is never stressed out. I mean, or if they are, that, then it becomes precedent to resolve that mm-hmm. immediately instead of like hide it or yell at your employees or take it out on you. Because I'm sure every, I'm, anybody who's listening, if you've had a boss that just yells at you relentlessly or they're really insecure, all that, go, you know, and think about what, what, how do you think their marriage was at that time or their relationship? Probably wasn't mm-hmm. thriving probably was mm-hmm. not thriving. And like mm-hmm. you were saying, in Korea, there are all these bosses that force their employees to go out to dinner with them all the time after work and make them stay. And that's just expected that you have to go and you have to hang out with mm-hmm. your boss until like 11 at night. And most of these guys are men who don't want to go home to their wives, right? If right, they wouldn't yeah. be avoiding their home, they'd be, you know, it'd be a totally different dynamic. Wow, yeah. What else? Well, think about media. What would media be like? What would our music be like? What would our movies be like? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, just wholesome, right? Just It might maybe, <laughs> you could say it might be more boring, right? Just because we can't imagine what good media would look like without those things in it. So that sure. we just have to imagine the possibility of like unbridled creativity that doesn't rely on sex. Mm. But uh, I, I think that it could be really awesome still. We can I mean, enter a new level of humor, right? A new level of like uh, drama and action, you know, all, all the, the fun genres. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, I used to say it in lectures, but like I always wanted to see a James Bond character who is deeply in love with his, his wife and who would come home mm-hmm. and kiss his wife. And his wife, he, maybe he could share with her everything, maybe not. Maybe it was just an understanding that he was a secret agent and mm-hmm. there's certain things they couldn't talk about. Who knows? But like, instead, basically everybody that James Bond had sex with would die within that very same movie. And she would definitely never make it to the next movie, regardless, right? That to me mm-hmm. is so depressing. And he was an alcoholic. And later, you know, it's just like this really self-destructive person. And that's the guy saving the world. Well, what if the guy saving the world was, first of all, what if it was a couple, right? That's really mm-hmm. cool. Like the Incredibles is such, our family has watched Incredibles part two probably 20 times because it's like an entire family of superheroes. That, it'd be more movies mm-hmm. like that that celebrates what happens when a family works well together. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah, just people as an individual level would be so much more at ease, right? They, they'd mm-hmm. be a lot less compensating in the world. Like so much of what people do is, a compensation for something, some legitimate need that they have or desire that, that something it feels missing or lacking and yeah. that gets filled. And then sure. there would be so much, you know, there'd be more realness. Like people do things because they really want to rather than just in order to, to make up for something or to get something. Sure. And if, but if you, okay, let's, if, if you were to look at music, I would think that entire new genres of music would mm-hmm. come to the surface and other genres would either have to completely be revolutionized and, and changed or they would just die. Like, like mm-hmm. emo, emo would be gone, <laughs> just gone. Unless it's like, you know, kind of humor, like funny husband whining and wife, you know, whining. And then they, and then there's some sort of resolution, but like hip hop largely is complaining. And it's largely, if you look within, it's like, you know, people who do not have good relationships with their parents or with most of these, the famous rappers are not married and do not have good relation, like healthy relationships. So those genres would either just die out or they would just be the focus of 
instead of calling women bitches, they'd be calling women my sister. And that, that mm-hmm. changes the, the feeling you get when you listen to that music, right? Punk rock, I think there's still space for all this music. You know, it's just like the where you're coming from. Because if you're, <laughs> it could it's still just be emo, cool. emo, emo doesn't have a chance. They're just out of the picture. I just feel like there's no saving it. I mean, it's already teetering on the edge of not being legitimate anyway. So, but if you, if no, you know, one thing, yeah. uh, one thing, I, I think that love songs would just get so much more deep and profound. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, the place, the well that people will be able to come from the, the material and their understanding would just be so much more profound than just talking about, you know, I glanced this girl across the bar and sparks flew. And then we, but every, you know, my brother, he pointed this out to me, but probably like 80 or 90% of love songs somewhere throw in the phrase throughout the night, all night long, right? <laughs> it's just such a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty pitiful. It's a pretty low yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah, those songs, uh, I mean, you know that Louis Armstrong song that's like, I see friends shaking hands. Right, yeah. Like, you can't, if, if you're just alone listening to that song, you are weeping, you know? It's like, because it's about something that transcends all of us. It's coming, the the essence of that song is so rich and deep that it slays you every time you hear it. You know what I mean? Whereas typical songs, you might get a certain feeling from it f- for the first 20 times you listen to it and then it kind of fades away. But like real songs that have depth, that's talking about eternal truths like uh, a couple that's been married for 45 years and how they have been through so much and through it all, they never gave up on each other and they're just holding hands. And like a song like that will absolutely annihilate you every time you listen to it because it, it, it cuts through all the crap and it goes to what we all want deeply. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's more timeless. You're, you're, there's, there's so much more timeless material right there. And then, yeah, maybe if Emo can make a song about... I mean, you could always, <laughs> I, I always, you know, you could talk about how hard of a time you're having at school or how difficult yeah, yeah. exams are. Yeah, you can make, you can make. But then if every track has stuff. like the parents retorting at the end of it, being like, yeah, yeah, we love you anyway, you know? Like if every song mm-hmm. could end right. on a high note, <laughs> instead of just whining. So yeah, that's, that's the one thing that I think the media is really stuck in is it raises questions and it never has answers because the artists themselves don't have the answers. So they're always, if you look at, most songs, if you look at most movies, they're not answering any questions. They're asking questions because they don't have the answers. And they definitely don't have the authority to answer tough questions, you know, not in a way that really makes sense. And so there'd be a lot more, you know, watching movies and walking away feeling like your soul is at peace because it contributed to the answer that you're seeking, you know? What about, what would like buildings look like? What would streets look like, you know? If you think about cities, they have no color for the most part, you know? <laughs> do you think that has anything to do with it? The only, only thing I can riff off of is just Uncle David imagining him, right? If people got sex right, there would just be a lot more phallic-shaped buildings. I mean, that, that's... <laughs> That's the only thing I can imagine. I, I don't know what the effects yeah. sex would have on buildings. I mean, okay, families, right? Like if, if things were family-centered, then cities would look way different. There'd be a lot more pedestrian uh-huh. space, right? Space mm-hmm. for walking. They, they would, things would be more neighborhood-orientated rather mm-hmm. than... Right now, cities are built for, for commuters, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
big roads, lots of driving back and forth. And if that's less prioritized, there'd be a lot more space for parks, for neighborhood cafes or grocery stores and, and just making everything more walkable. And that would drastically change the way neighborhoods look, the way cities look. Yeah, and I've, I've never in my life, and I've been around the world, I've never in my life been in a restaurant that was designed for families. Some of them accommodate families a little bit more than mm-hmm. others, but they do not, they were not designed for families. And it's simply because there's no, there's no space. It's not, it's not a priority. But then if you look at grocery stores, if you look at, yeah, every, every facet of our, of our society forces us to make little kids act like adults instead of letting little kids be little kids, right? Ikea kind of has like a little kid playground, but I don't really let my kids go there. COVID or not, there's some, there's like some unknown diseases in those, in those like some nasty, nasty, unsanitary conditions. But yeah, everything. Yeah, you're right. And more parks because it's not a luxury. It's a priority. Yeah. Cars would be different. Everything. A lot more minivans driving around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some things would, I don't, I, I don't know, like the, the whole, uh, you're into cars. All right. You, you actually have, you know, maybe something to say about this, but the whole like luxury sports car field, right? Like how much of a demand do you think there'll be for things like that? Oh, I think that's not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. There will always be 47-year-old men who need to prove themselves or who have enough extra expendable cash to, uh, to get that car they've always wanted to race around and feel the power. Yeah. I, I was, you know, I listened, there's this one guy that I know that I've been following for a while online and he's, he's into, when he gets a certain level of wealth, you just buy a car, a really nice car for two years and you trade it and you basically don't lose any money. And he's like, when you're in a car that feels like you're a shark amongst minnows, just, it's so hard to give up that feeling. So I, I would find that, I think, you know, dudes will always be dudes and there'll always be a mm-hmm. need for, for that. Not, not, it would be, again, it would be a different place. You're not trying to show off to get ladies, but more, it's just like, you know, some people just really like cars and like racing around and they do it. Even if the zombie apocalypse came and there's no people to impress, they'd still be in a Lamborghini, you know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But yeah, maybe Lamborghini would be a little bit quicker to come up with the Lamborghini minivan. You know, they do have now an, mm-hmm. an SUV. Oh, uh, I've seen one of those here in Korea randomly. Yeah. Yeah, it's very unexpected. Video games, I think video games would uh, video games would go down. I think go down less. Yeah, like I mean, I I I like video games, so I'm not bashing video games. But I think the way that a lot of people use video games is as an escapism, and so that use that use of video games would go down, and so just overall the it would reduce the whole use of video of computer gaming and the whole market. Would, would get smaller, I think. Or there'd be a lot more, you know, four-player, five-player games. Nintendo Wii brought a lot of people together. I'm going um, to bring you to the modern era, Andrew, so you don't, so just so you don't sound out of the, you know, you don't sound out of the loop and old. So games now are, everything is done online. Oh, I see. Multi, multi-person, right? So there's no like, uh, Consoles. you know, People, yeah, well, they're, no, they're consoles, but people don't do really like the three, per, you know, four person games, two person games so much anymore. It's, it's usually much bigger than that. It's like multi, it's like a 
Cyberpunk 2077. That, that's the, the, the really anticipated one right now. And it's like a, you know, a whole world. So thousands of people interacting at the same time. That, that's a lot of games that people do or Halo, you know, these kind of first person shooter games. There's usually dozens of people doing it at the same time. I was just trying to save you, man. Just, I mean, fitness, right? I've actually been really trying to incorporate like what fitness that our family can do, but it's difficult because I'm obviously at a different fitness level than my two-year-old son. But lately I've just been making it a point to lift them up and we play Superman and I just lift them up and they fly around and I, actually I'm curling them. I'm doing bicep curls with them. And, but there's no like gyms are not a place for kids. And if there is a place for kids, it's like dump them in this room so that you can do what you want to do. But think about fitness as a family, right? Mm -hmm. That's a completely different vibe. Right. Well, I do also think that there's, you know, not everything has to be centered around the family, right? There's a place for normal gyms and as, you know, as they are and for just people to be who don't have kids, right? To be single or who need a break from their kids even. I think, I, I just think... I mean, the, the lowest hanging fruit, and I think the thing that would make the biggest difference is like the way women are treated would be so different. And that is a world worth seeing, I think, just where, you know, you hear these horror stories of what people, have, what women have to endure in school, just walking around online, yep. in their own heads, right? All driven by sex in a lot of ways. And, and that'd be huge in itself. Yeah. And I guess giving women the freedom to be women because... Even in today's world, a lot of women that we celebrate as being leaders, they're still playing a man's game. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's not really, it's not giving them the freedom to really be their true, 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 deep, 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 true, true selves, because there's just no space for it. So yeah, that, that's, that's totally right. Yeah. The emphasis. So porn and most media, it re-stimulates this kind of division between men and women and objectifies women and just kind of denigrates the relationship between men and women. And imagine listening to movies or watching movies, listening to music and going on the internet and then you come off the internet feeling like you love and appreciate women more and women love you know themselves more and love men more. And like you just feel like more connected rather than more divided, which is what our present media really does. Because you it create it stimulates this desire to have another person, but not not in a healthy way. Just more in like a needy, I want you, I need you for a temporary bit way. Cons like a consumer, rather than I feel connected to you and I want to help you and support you in your dreams. It's more like I want you to fulfill my dreams, <laughs> you know. Mm. Because the creators of this content and the rulers of our internet are typically not in healthy relationships. Again, imagine what how countries communicate with each other, mm -hmm. how that would change. When you have, I mean, that's the whole premise of the principle is it starts individual, family, neighborhood, or society, nation, world mm -hmm. kind of thing. But like, there is a direct ripple effect if local and national politicians are themselves in loving relationships, they would want to be less violent towards each other because they feel more connected to the people in the countries that they're about to be violent to. Again, when you're like closer to the person that you want to be and you surround yourself with people you care about and you're intimate with them, it cultivates more of a sense of intimacy with the world around you. 
And when you don't have that, the absence of intimacy creates division and you don't care about people as much. When, mm-hmm. when, when you leave your house and you have, say you're in a marriage and your spouse kisses you and they profess their love and you really feel it and you walk down the street and you see a homeless person, you're going to look at them differently, like you're related to them. And if you leave the house having a fight, divided, and you walk past that same homeless person, you're going to judge them. Or you're going to not want to look at them because they remind you of how sad you are. That's a fundamental difference. And when you have somebody who has access to a button that can shoot a rocket towards a bunch of people, it really depends on how they left their house. It really depends on how much love they have in their heart. Yeah, man, sex, it, it's, it's something to think about. What, I mean, how, what else is there that you could talk about so many ripple effects with other than sex? I mean, you can't talk about money this way. You can't talk about education this way, could you? Or college opportunities, college education. I mean, you can't talk about, you can't talk about medicine this way. It's like all important topics, but you know, there's nothing else that ripples as far as sex does. Yeah, it's very true. Because it is, I mean, saying it is the first time I've said it out loud, but like asking somebody how happy they are by looking at their bank account is ridiculous. It is fundamentally ridiculous. If that's your only assessment of somebody, it's laughable because it says nothing about what they do with their time and who they spend their, their days with. And it says nothing about their actual satisfaction. So yeah, the levels of, of true intimacy that you do have with your spouse when you're married says a lot about your overall happiness. Because that definitely, ble- if, you're, if you're at war with your spouse, there's no peace in any aspect of your life. You know what I mean? It's that peace that, that you take with you or the, the lack of peace that you take into the world with you. So sex is, is really the um, litmus test in many ways for, for how, how your couple is doing. Yeah. Yes, sir. So this was a good exercise. We, you know, again, the point is, what would your life look like if you had full, like if 100% healthy sexual in- integrity and 0% struggling with porn or anything like that? What, what would your life look like? And how would you fill your time? And, and it's really important to spend time thinking about that and contemplating it and practicing it until it becomes real. And then we as, as a group of people can work on what would society look like? And then let's just make it happen. But it really, really requires that each of us take care of ourselves and our families. And that, that has a cascade effect. So please, challenging you to create a vision and to create a standard that allows you to fulfill that vision for yourself and let us help you by joining High Noon University, everybody. Please go to highnoon.org. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. I guess that's all we got for you guys today. Thank you very much. And don't just listen to this and think that's interesting and you know, go on with your day. Just take five minutes, a little bit of time, close your eyes. Think about for yourself, what would the world, you know, you can start big or you can start small, go the other direction. What would the world look like if, if we all got sex right? And then what would your life look like if you got sex right? Mm. And create a clear vision for yourself and then run, run towards that. I mean, it's like, what else is worth it, right? Yeah. Getting, getting life right. I mean, what assignment or what thing can keep you so busy and distracted from actually making the, this one shot at life that you have from doing it right and doing it well. Test it out because that's just as likely as any other conclusion so long as it's your focus. So good luck and let us know how it goes and we'll talk to you next time. 
I hope you found that episode enjoyable. And before we go, I wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all, if you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page. Take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.